Hey there, conductors. If you've ever felt that you're not quite sure what to do next when you're studying a score, maybe you don't even know where to start with a difficult piece. Maybe you study one piece too much and then you realize at the first rehearsal that you don't know another one well enough. Or maybe you're a new conductor and you don't know what score study is. I'm excited to share that I'm finally publishing and sharing my score study checklist. I've been refining this for 12 years now, and I'm so excited to share it. It is going to walk you through my structure, my process to make sure that I learn every score that I need to learn well enough and so that nothing falls through the cracks. So it covers everything that you need to know. There's a link in the show notes. Go ahead and click it, sign up, and you'll get that score study checklist sent right to your email. You'll also get access to an eight-minute video of me explaining what each section is and how I use it to organize all the music that I need to learn. It's only eight minutes, so it's not going to take you a whole hour to learn how to study better, how to put up a process for your score study and how to make sure that nothing is falling through the cracks. So again, click the link in the show notes, and I hope to see you soon. Now, please enjoy this episode of Podium Time. Let's see, and I calculated that. That was 750 miles of driving for that one. Oh, my God. So it doesn't even really cover your gas money then, really? Oh, no. No, not at all. (laughs) Yeah, because it's 75 there from my house. So there and back, 150 times 5, yeah. So 750 miles for $136. The things we do. <laughs> I know, right? Um, but at least I don't have to do that every week. We are recording, right? Yep. Oh, good. Yeah, those are the things that we do for that resume. I was going to say, 200 and, what, 250 miles a week for me? God. Woo! Yeah, that's... It's a long drive. Mine's all mine's all batched in the week, so it's one hell week. But then I then I get to rest for a month. But that also means I'm having to take off time from my other real jobs, so I'm not getting those hours either. It's not like it's just taken out of my free time. Like I need to leave early and then just cancel entire like nine day nine hour days of work. So yeah, it's costly. Yeah. <laughs> Resume builders, that's what we're talking about on Podium Time today. It's the sacrifice. Oh, are we really, really going to talk about that today? I don't know. I mean, we could. It's kind of come up naturally <laughs> right here. Well, there we go. Let's just talk about it then, um, shall we? Yeah. Um, the thing that I kind of realized about resumes a couple of years ago was what was what um, Lawrence Galan mentioned at Bard. And somebody asked him about, you know, going to a big school and going to these you know, these big schools and what's more important, your resume or how good of a conductor are you? And, and he kind of explained, and it makes sense that the unfortunate truth is you can be the, you know, you could be the best conductor in the world, but if your resume doesn't get you to that audition, um, then you, you won't have a chance to show it. And that's why he was talking about, you know, it, it, it may be good to ju- to just get a big name school that somebody will, will recognize on your resume. Right now I'm trying to um i'm going to try apply for the aspen conducting program because i'm going to learn a lot but also just because that's that's something that you know not just a conductor will recognize but anybody looking at resumes is going to recognize um plus it's you know it's a good program i'm sure i'm sure i'll learn a lot but also because it's a name that people that people know 
Well, I mean, you need to have a, a, a built up resume even for doctoral programs is, you know, kind of what I'm finding out is that, you know, it's not as common as you, as you might think to go straight from a master's program to a doctoral program. And so, you know, I went to the University of Iowa and I visited that school and uh, found out that the teacher there looks for 10 years of 10 years experience outside. Oh yeah. 10 God. years of experience outside of uh, the collegiate conducting world. So like your experience conducting through your master's program does not count. Um, He wants experience outside of the school, you know? And so it was one of those things that he said that he wouldn't dis, you know, completely disregard somebody if they didn't have that experience, but it's when he's looking at people to bring in for auditions, looking, he said he looks for, you know, people who have experience first and foremost, you know? Yeah. And so that's why I think this this year for me, uh, having being the assistant up there at the Kansas City Civic, and then you know having the music director position at, there in Sedalia, even though they might not be um, the biggest things ever, they're still it's still experience that's not within the realm of school. Yeah, and you're you're in especially with the music director position, you are in a leadership position. That's why I told you the other day that. Um, that I was, I was jealous of that title that you've got because music direct, I mean, you know, if, if you're an assistant or if you're, um, let's say, I think like principal conductor, you know, that, that comes with its own difficulties and everything. But, um, but having the label of music director really means that you are in a full leadership position and that you have a lot of authority and you have a lot of things that are pulling on you. Um, so I'm kind of, I'm kind of jealous that you, that you uh, are getting that, that bit on your resume so early. I think that's a, and, 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 you know, you've, you've, you've learned a lot from that already. You said you have your first concert coming up, right? Our first concert's tomorrow. Yes. October, what, what, October 15th, because today's the 14th. Yeah. October 15th. So this is I'm already not lie. out of date by the time the episode's out, but <laughs> yeah, I'll have had my first my first performance as music director of the Sedalia Symphony Orchestra. Woo! And Civic just had their first concert yesterday. Oh yeah. So yeah, but if you if you stick with that for a couple of years, you know, a couple of years of of music director, um, even of a small orchestra, is is gonna put you ahead um, in that in that selection process. And I think it's a great opportunity too, because the orchestra has so much growth that I think they can do over the next few years. You know, they, they've kind of been, it's one of those situations that they, they've been around for such a long time and they've done things for, you know, a specific way for a while that I think, I think lends itself to change. And I'm hoping that, uh, bringing about these changes will bring about good things for the symphony. And so my, my thought is if I can, if I can show that I'm able to grow the orchestra musically as well as financially. And um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not economically, but you know, yeah, uh, grow it from, grow it from the non-music perspective. Um, Audience attendance, all that. I, I think that, again, is a huge thing I can put on my resume that, uh, you know, we went from this attendance to this attendance and we had this much money. You know, we were raising this much money to this much money. You know, uh, Kyle Pickett here in Springfield, he did a workshop 
Uh, I think he still does it in February um, here with the Drury Civic Orchestra. And it's just a weekend, but we had a discussion when I attended and it was kind of a question and answer session. And we did talk about resume building and, you know, um, Kyle, Kyle made the point that I'm learning more and more every day is too true that, as you said, you know, conducting is a, you, you can be the best conductor in the world, but if you don't have what they're looking for on that piece of paper that you mail in, you're not even going to get there to show them how good of a conductor you are, yeah. you know? And so for him, it was, you need to find a place that has potential to grow to, sh- you know, you can show that not only are you a good conductor and not only are you good musically, but that you have the ability to handle the other side, the business side of the orchestra as well. And that you're able to, fundraise money and that you're able to, you know, successfully interact with donors and raise that donor base that you have, because that's, what's going to keep the orchestra running. That's, what's going to give you a job, you know? And so having that experience, I think is going to be really good for me. It, you know, it's too early for me to tell whether it's going to work or not, but I think there's definitely potential there for me to really expand this out and, you know, make it into something even more than it is now. Oh yeah. And that, and that growth is, is almost, you know, kind of what's the most important. Um, you mentioned Kyle. Um, you didn't mention what I was thinking of though. I, I, um, I remember specifically that part of his bio, um, when he, when he moved to Springfield was, was about, um, I think the, the orchestra in Alaska, was it Juno that he conducted? Um, but he, he had in his bio, um, that he, he, raised Juno by X amount and that he moved it from a one performance per concert to a two performance per concert. And that's the kind of, that's the kind of growth with numbers that you were just talking about that you can actually show like, look, I took the symphony and it was at this point before I was there. And then, and when I left, it was at this point, Um, you know, and, and so if you're able to do that and if you're able to put in that in your resume, how you have, um, improved, you know, not just your duties, but really what you've done, the difference that you have made in that organization. Um, I think you're exactly right about getting those numbers, whether they be attendance or fundraising or whatever. Um, but, but making the best music you can and seeing how you can really grow that organization. Um, because there's always, there's always potential to grow. Um, you know, classical music is not, is not, uh, knocking, knocking uh pop music out of the market anytime soon so there's always <laughs> we can always move a little bit closer there i feel like i saw something though the like it was a while back a few months ago about mozart being in like mozart beating beyonce or something about that in like uh sales i can't remember what it, it was. was um I, I think i know what you're talking about it was i think some some released a uh some company released like the entire mozart collected works box set and so that had like yeah, yeah, yeah. that's that what had, it like, was 200 different cds in it and so technically that's that box set sold more cds because every person that bought that bought it was counting as 200 pur- purchases or i think that was it they were counting like disc sales yes. and so each sale counted as like 200 sales yeah, it was something like that we'll we'll find a link and put it in the show notes but but yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying that, that our, our art is, is anywhere. I'm just saying there's always room, um, to grow and to become a bigger presence in the, um, in the community. Well, and then, you know, just, um, 
it's just something we forget so much as, as you know, a student, I thought my resume was completely built around who I studied with, where I went to school, you know, and that those things would be what get me, get me places. And it, it, it does matter, but I'm learning more and more every day that it really isn't what's going to get you that job because, you know, it, it, it might get your resume looked at, you know, but I don't know. I feel like it, it might not be as important as I initially thought it was. That's for sure. Your schooling. you mean? And that this, yeah, schooling. Yeah. Um, and that it, I think your schooling is so important because it's, it, it's what makes you, um, you as a conductor, but, um, I don't know. I, I still think it's too early for me to really tell personally. <laughs> let's, let's get me into a doctoral program and then we'll figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll come back in 40 years and we'll, we'll rehash this, <laughs> this discussion. Um, you know, in podium times, 2000th episode, yeah, we should do the math and see what that actually be. Um, but yeah, besides besides you know running your own ensemble, there are a lot of other things that you can have on your resume. Um, school mentioned or not school. Luke mentioned school. Um, I mean, definitely, you know, you need to have your schooling on your resume, even if you're not applying for conducting jobs. Um, where that may go is if you know if you're if you're applying for academic positions, that schooling I've I've been told goes up at the top, and if you're applying for um, you know, professional things that will go at the bottom unless it's like, you know, unless you went to Juilliard or something, that's different. Um, That's a little bit of advice that we got from Silas Huff in our discussion with him looking at resumes, but any, you know, any experience you have guest conducting, um, any experience you have with workshops, especially um, another tip from Silas regarding workshops that I specifically remember. um, We didn't talk about this in the episode. This was a, a separate discussion that I had with him um, was um, that what's, what's more important than the name of the workshop is, is the teacher at the workshop. So, um, you know, we, we went, we went to Bard and I went to the ICI workshop and that name may be important if it's like Aspen or Tanglewood or Music Academy of the West or something. Um, But what's more important is, you know, studying with X name, um, because unless, I mean, I, you know, I kind of, I'm just kind of going on and on in it because it kind of depends um, on the situation. Um, but if you do a small workshop, maybe emphasize who was teaching that workshop because that's, um, you know, that may be the most, the most important thing. Yeah. And then don't, you know, for me, I, after I did my resume, don't be afraid to ask people to look it over. I know, um, I sent mine to uh, Thomas Dickey, actually, uh, who we've had on the po- the podcast, and he was so incredibly helpful in you know just letting me know like oh well you, you know for this this situation you might want to prioritize this information and put it in this way and do it this way and um, he really helped me clean up and streamline I guess you could say my resume and so you know people ask people who have and where you are wanting to go, what does your resume look like? Don't be afraid to ask people for help. I know I'm a musician. I am not an English major. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I always have someone overlook my, my writing skills. So 
Um, yeah, I think that's really important too. And mo- I think you'll find that most of the time people will be happy to help. Oh yeah. Well, and it's not, I don't think it's all about being an English major, just having another set of eyes on it. Cause you know, you're, you're putting everything in and then just having another person to comment. And like you said, especially someone who's where you want to be, um, who's already in that profession or who has gone through that. Um, Diane Witchery talks about resumes in her book and at her workshop, but I believe there's a button on her website where you can, you know, get resume consulting. Um, so, so, you know, we'll, we'll put a link to that, but that's another way, but like, you know, have your, have your teacher look at it, have some friends look at it, have, um, if you know, again, if you know somebody like, like, um, Thomas Dickey, um, who's in a really specific area of the field that you want to be getting in, or who already has that job that you're going for, you know, ask them to look over it. Um, just that simple thing can, can reveal a whole lot of issues or just easy things to fix. And reach out to him. I'm sure Thomas Dickey would be absolutely happy to help any young conductor. Uh, he's, he's very enthusiastic about young conductors. So uh, it, I'm sure he would not mind uh, helping helping out somebody. Yes. All 300 of our... I guess I shouldn't speak for him. But... <laughs> Everybody send, send Thomas your resumes. He'll appreciate that. Yeah, he would, he would, I don't, yeah, we're not going to guarantee that he'll get to all of them, but I'm sure he would appreciate it. He is taking applications for students this fall. That's right. Yeah. We shared that on our, um, on our Facebook. So yeah. And that would, uh, that would be a, that would be a good thing. Um, any other projects you're doing, if you've started your own ensemble, as some of our listeners have, um, I have, I have podium time, uh, not front and center, but definitely not hidden on my resume because, you know, running this podcast is a, um, is a big part of who I know and how I know them in the industry right now. Um, and I have a list of guests on there. I say, you know, we've talked to Joanne Folletta, we've talked to, um, you know, a bunch of other people and that's, that's a part of my resume. Cause that's experience that is, uh, that is pertinent. <laughs> that's my dog. Well, I'll, I'll make sure I'll Hold keep on, that in. Let her I'll keep... <laughs> and skip forward. Okay. And we're back. We're back. All right. So we've talked about, um, you know, making changes, um, you know, as, as Luke is music director. So um, making those changes is, is going to be a big part of showing that he has that leadership. Um, oh, as always, starting your own ensemble is, is going to be a thing. And that, that's a, that's a quick and easy way, maybe not so quick and easy, but that's a, that's a way to get a music director position on your, on your resume is if you start your own ensemble, um, every, you know, every position that you have, um, as a conductor, um, when, when I worked on my resume with, with my teacher, Wes Kenny, um, one thing he told me to include was, um, a, just kind of a brief overview of my history as a performer. So I have a little section of my resume, um, about just saying I was principal second violin in the CSU symphony for two years or whatever, you know, something, something akin to that. And I'd, I'd be interested to, it doesn't strike me as something that I would put on my resume and, but he told me to add it. So, you know, um, that would be something I'd be interested to hear some comments, um, from the listeners about, especially those listeners who are, who are teaching or who are looking at resumes, 
um, in that way. Also, any any professional, um, like if you're a member of the Conductors Guild, if you're a member of... Um, um, Luke and I are both members of um, Mu Phi Epsilon, the professional music fraternity, yeah. um, which is where we met. Yeah, actually, that's, that is how we met, because, yeah, because I played piano for you <laughs> for the Mu Phi recital. Yep. I, and Tim yelled at me because my Mozart was messy. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, my teacher. Um, that's right. I remember that. And then, but it's an orchestral reduction. I can play it however I want. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but that Mozart um, is what is what brought us here. Uh, what, like six years later? Anyway, um, League of American Orchestras is another good one to be a part of. Um, you know, whatever your whatever your professional areas of um, uh, what am I thinking? Professional organizations, that sort of thing. Um. Let's see. Oh, and also pick some good references, you know, <laughs> make sure the people that are giving you references are people that are going to give you a good reference. I would, I would hope that that is, um, obvious. Not hard to come by. Yeah. Well, well, I've, I've heard, I've heard some stories about, about people giving, you know, getting, getting bad references. Um, but yeah, hopefully if you're doing your best and doing a good job, your teacher will give you a good reference um, so do it. I think all my, right now, all my references are from my school. So I need to, I feel like I need to branch out and um, get some that aren't at coloradostate.edu email addresses. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I can't, I can't say all that much. All my references are from school too. Yeah. So, well, and that's, I think that's because a lot of, a lot of the jobs that I've gotten are from people that I know through through school and in the area that I know in that, in that capacity. Um, plus I just spent, you know, everyone that just finished a master's degree or is in a degree is right now spending basically 24 seven with, with a very specific group of people. So those are going to be your references for a while, at least anything else. I think that pretty much covers it. We mostly this was talked a longer about than I was expecting. Yeah. And it kind of turned into, um, how to structure your resume or resume tips, make it look nice. Um, put conductor at the top. That's what Diane Wittry has in her book. So I added that I have Jeremy DeQuatus conductor and then conductor, excuse me. And then all my, all my information, um, you know, list of my positions, recent conducting activity. I have a couple of highlights. Um, so I put, you know, what piece I conducted with what ensembles, when, um, Selected highlights, depending on the job. Um, and always tailor to the job you're applying for. Write a cover letter. We talked about that in our interview with um, with Brett Mitchell when they were looking for um, uh, assistant conductor for Colorado Symphony. Um, you know, they're looking for a full-time assistant conductor for a full-time orchestra. And, you know, looking at, at what he was looking for in that assistant rehearsal footage and a cover letter. Um, so definitely do that. It's a pain, but just Google it and write it and have someone else <laughs> read it just like the resume. Alrighty. So go get your resume building going. Um, this came up cause Luke and I were complaining about how much we have to drive for our resume building activities. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they're more than resume building, you know, their experience, they're going to be an important part of your career. Um, so stick with it. 
you can do it even if you're driving a hundred thousand miles um for five dollars but you know it's all worth it in the yeah, end because when you, i was gonna say because when you're starting there is no no experience that's not big enough yes. if that makes any sense like yes. Just do everything. The uh, I I've done everything. The ad- <laughs> I've unfortunately conducted wind band. Let me tell you, that was I, not I, pretty. I, but uh, <laughs> I conducted my first wind band last Monday. Um, oh, good for you, dear. Yeah, Silas called me in. He was at an audition in in Texas, and so he asked me to uh, to cover a rehearsal for the the Boulder concert. Boulder concert band. That's what. Yeah, that's what it is. Um, so I went in and I conducted and I. And I, um, and I met some people and it was, it was a lot of fun. It was not music. Actually, some of it was music. I know we did West Side Story and we did the, the Berlioz March March to the Scaffold and we did the Incredibles. So I did actually know a lot of the music, Um, (laughs) but, but it was, it was Incredibles is so different. Yeah. It's it's very good music. Um, On that note, I get to conduct that next month with Civic. Oh, cool. Yeah. 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 It's fast. It is <laughs> very jazzy. Yes. Oh, yeah. It's jazz hands. It's, uh, it's <laughs> what am I? What am I trying to say? It's Mission Impossible, um, but not. Well, it's a spoof of. It's, yes, exactly, exactly. And on that note, okay. Thank you anyway. for listening. <laughs> we'll see you next week on Podium Time. <laughs>